everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, we are going back to the 60s, baby! We're going to watch Alfie. No, not the Jude Law one. The Michael Caine one that Jude Law was copying. Uh, yes, we're going back to watch this film because it's turning 55 years old. And as always, we have someone who has seen the film and someone who has not. Our guest who has seen the film, it is Dr. Carmen Dolly. Hello, Stephen. How are you? I am pretty good. I'm That's doing good. pretty well. How are you? I am well, thank you. Excellent. Just for the folks at home, uh, Dr. Carmen, who, mm. who maybe haven't heard an episode with you on before, um, who are you and what do you do? Uh, so I am what's called a GP registrar, as in I work as a doctor, as a GP, uh, who has yet to sit her final GP exam. So hopefully that will be done fairly soon. Mm-hmm. Um, cosplayer, theatre person, and that's kind of about it. And yeah. fosterer of cats. And fosterer of many cats. Mm-hmm. So many cats. Fresh batch today, <laughs> baby. They're, they're really, really cute. Um, Alfie. Yes. You've seen it. I have seen it. Mm. What can you tell us in a vague sort of non-spoilery sort of way about this film? Honestly, I saw this film about 20 years ago in school. Mm-hmm. I don't remember too much about it. I remember not thinking particularly highly of it or thinking that it was anything special. Mm. I would be interested to see how it holds up. But basically, Michael Caine in a very much a boy's film. Mm. I feel like it's going to annoy me because I remember the female characters being very passive. And that's kind of all I remember about it. So okay. we're all in for an experience, I think. Certainly. Well, joining us as our guest who has not seen the film and making his debut on the program, it's Shane Adamzak. Be gentle with me. It's my first time. I will. Hey, 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 Shane. How, how, how is life? Life is pretty good. I'm very excited to be here and to see this movie that you literally covered my knowledge of it in your intro. Mm. And I was like, I'm pretty sure this is that movie with Michael Caine mm. that they remade with Jude Law. Yeah. I know nothing about what it's about. I spent most of the week leading up to this thinking about the Dudley Moore film. And I was like, no, wait, that's Arthur. Mm. That is not the movie that we are watching. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a different uh, A-based male name. Yeah, so I'm very much going in blind. I'm, so you've confirmed that yeah. Michael Caine is in it. Yeah. So we're watching the old version. Mm-hmm. That is all I know. This is this is his. I assume he plays a man. Yeah, he probably plays Alfie. I yeah. I haven't seen it either. I'm yeah. assuming that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, just for the folks at home, Shane, uh, who are you and what do you do? Uh, yes, my name is Shane Adamzak. I'm an actor. A, a theatre producer, an improviser, and a fellow podcaster. Uh, I do a a podcast called Good Morning, Mrs. Strawberry, which is about making the world a better place one word at a time. You've Mm. been on it. I have. It's it's a great podcast, everyone. And unlike this one, guaranteed 25 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, that is true. (laughs) Yeah, whereas this one... Usually longer, but you know that's that's fine. That's why there's a fast forward feature. You know, you've got lives timetable. It's up to you. It's going to be all gold this episode. Yeah. Um, So I I suppose uh, Shane, as you as you know, basically nothing about this film, which Mm -hmm. is kind of where I'm at as well. Um, We should we should probably touch on Michael Caine just a little bit before we jump into it. Um, Do you have any thoughts on on Michael Caine as as a performer? Um, I th- he's, he's a fun impression to do mm-hmm. I don't think many people can do it well No Is this the movie where he says You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off? It is not I, I don't know <laughs> it could I be. mean, he, he may say it somewhere But I don't think it is the movie he says I, that If it is, it's, mo- a, it's a euphemism oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Cool Yeah um, Yeah, he, he's a really interesting performer And like 
I didn't realize he was 87 until yeah. uh, he's today. Yeah, when wow. I was looking oh, up wow. some some trivia for this film. Um, yeah, he's 87. I was he's... trying to think of which Michael Caine movies I've seen. Mm. And I think the only ones I've seen are like the Batman trilogy mm. and Cider House Rules. Yeah. I can't think of anything. I'm sure there's been at least one or two more that I've seen in a minute. There's a certain cinematic classic called Austin Powers 3 Gold. Oh, of course. Austin Powers. Yes. Yes, of course. How could I forget? The Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, yep. Okay, great. This is good. This is all good stuff. I have seen those. Uh, What are your thoughts on on, uh, on Sir Michael Caine? Or as he's known in this film, Michael Caine. Uh, What what are your thoughts on him? Uh, Look, I don't mind him. He's... um... I like Christopher Nolan films and mm. he's in a lot of those. So mm. it's always, you know, it's a nice combination mm. with the two. I don't specifically go out of my way to find Michael Caine films, but I've always found him to be very good in whatever he's doing. And generally he's in a high caliber of film. This one, I, I don't know. Probably mm. not so much. It's but very early on. It is very early on. You know, we will see. We, we will see. see. All right. Well, with all that being said, shall we watch Alfie? Oh, I'm pumped. Let's do it. Okay. For those of you who are listening at home, um, pop in those DVDs, load up those streaming services, and you're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. Wait, that's not this film. It might be. It you might don't know be. For sure. We'll find out. Uh, prepare to find out if some doors are going to bloody well get blown off as we watch Alfie. So when the podcast started again, I was thinking, what are they going to be talking about? And I know what it is. It's me. Because everything is about me. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. Welcome (laughs) back, everybody. We have just finished watching Alfie, the 1966 version. And I'm joined once again by my two guests, Dr. Carmen Dolly. Hello. And Shane Adamzak. Hello, hello. Shane, that was your first time watching Alfie. Yeah, it was. What did you think? (laughs) I don't feel good. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you feel good? The movie made me feel bad about masculinity Mm. and men. Mm. (laughs) It was was a different time and not good time. No, not good at all. Um, What what specifically? uh, Look, I I mean, I went into this movie, like I said, with no expectations other than Michael Caine is in this movie playing a character, presumably Mm. called Alfie. Mm. And I hate Alfie. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it was very bold of them to name the film after the villain. Yeah. Um, My... My... One of the... My sort of conclusional thoughts of this film is like, it has this weird... You know, like how Breaking Bad has that really cool slow build that slowly, very geniusly tricks you into rooting essentially for the villain. Mm. Um, you know, Walter White is a very bad man by yeah. the end of that season. And this is like this is like that, but without the part at the start where he has some like redeeming features and you're like, oh, okay, I see why he went on this path. Instead, you just have this guy, he's like not a very good guy, and then he never really redeems himself or dies. No. <laughs> So, um, yeah, that's that's a pretty neat summation. Carmen, yeah. first time watching this in um in in a few decades. Almost. In a few decades, yeah. that's correct. Um, how how was it revisiting? It was actually much more tolerable than I uh, thought it was going to be. Mm. Um, because I forgot that you're not really supposed to side with Alfie. No. Uh, um, and I had remembered it as being a very sympathetic portrayal of him. Oh, cool. Um, so, and I was pleasantly surprised by how um, how many female characters we got and mm-hmm. how much they got to speak and how much they got to speak their minds mm. and how much in a contextual period they showed autonomy. Yeah. I was pleasantly surprised by that. Yeah, there's varying degrees of of that between the characters. There are there are yeah. some who are very much the the sort of typical 
browbeaten women of the time period in mm. terms of how they were portrayed in media. Um, and then there's Shelley Winters. And there's, there's Shelley yeah. Winters and the girl who says, no, I'm going to keep this pregnancy. Screw you. I'm mm. going to be a single mum in the 60s. And yeah. yeah. And wow. like, th- th- it is really interesting seeing all these different... Um, it, it It's almost as though Alfie is... And I can't think of a better word for this, but he's he's the dipstick by which we test where these different women are in this sort of interesting time. Yeah. At the sixties, but he's like an evil dipstick. <laughs> like he's, <laughs> he's he's checking your fuel, but he's he's gaslighting you the whole time he's doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's fascinating. I I can see why this is the film that kind of made Michael Caine uh, a well-known name, mm-hmm. um, because as much as we don't like Alfie. He's pretty good in this. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. He's great as yeah. that character. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm assuming he's not like that in real life. No. In my mind, Michael Caine is a very <laughs> lovely man. I, we all hope so. I really hope he is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's yeah, he's amazing in this movie. Mm. Um, and one of the other things that really stood out for me, and we made fun of it at the beginning, is the constant monologuing. Like, yeah. <laughs> o- almost to a level that is irritating of, it, oh, of Alfie. Yeah. yeah, it's really... I mean, I guess this is not a trope that was used very much and i Mm. think this would have been very innovative for the time was talking to the camera a lot and then yeah oh you know breaking the um the fourth wall by saying oh you expect the credits at the start and no you're not going to get them kind of thing Mm. um but yes i think they really overdid it at points yeah and yes you're right it got a bit irritating and i think maybe that's part i think it is partly because this is uh adapted from a play and it makes sense Ah, that, that the character of alfie like having those longer sides to the audience Mm. um that makes sense in in terms of that being retained in the film but there is a lot of it and i I think in the filmic sense it does wear a little bit Mm. yeah he does do it a lot but at least they like literally establish it that that's going to happen in the first seconds of the movie Mm. unlike cats where all of a sudden judy dench is just looking straight into your soul Mm. um, (laughs) and then starts singing at you and I was very upset. Mm, well, it's not cats, so we're okay. Mm. Um, so th- the story is really interesting, though, because it kind of just doesn't really have a through line because he basically just behaves badly and behaves badly and behaves badly and behaves badly and then gets some comeuppance. Mm. But the comeuppance doesn't necessarily feel all that connected to some of the stories we saw earlier. No. Um, it's it's really fascinating seeing how this one it, it's almost like i was watching the same short film again and again and again that was the feeling mm, that, that mm. i got a little bit um with with uh, you know different settings and the odd other actor turning up yeah my the writer brain in me sort of started seeing a pattern where he'd, he'd be with a woman and mm. it, inevitably it would go wrong for some reason and then my brain goes okay he's gonna learn a lesson from this mm. and then it goes into the next woman and it just happens again i'm like huh he's not He's not learning any lessons from this. He <laughs> mm. just keeps doing it over and over again. And yeah. then kind of does at the end. Yeah. It's still pretty entertaining, though, which I was surprised by in terms of, like, it's not great, but I think it's partly just because Michael Caine is a very good actor and the actors that he's uh, performing with, playing all these different women and people mm. in his life, um, are really compelling. Yeah. There's a lot of good performers in this. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, we mentioned Shelley Winters, and let's bring her in right now because yeah. <laughs> she's only in three scenes, but she steals them all. Oh, she's wonderful. She's, she's wonderful. So good, and and also like kind of a welcome to have like a a, a non Cockney voice in yes. there, yeah. or, or a non like North of England voice because there's a couple of them. Just to have a just to have an American accent in there, just to 
j- j- almost just like a little refresher, uh, just to be like, that's right, we can say the whole word. <laughs> um, but Without asking people what we mean. <laughs> yeah, but she's she is um, just superb. And one of the things that I kept thinking about watching this is how risque this would have been at the time. And particularly for somebody like like Shelley Winters, who was a well-established star, to appear as this older woman mm. uh, with, you know, some imperfections. And this this younger man who's hooking up with her, you know, basically saying like, you know, oh, you know, she ain't, she ain't perfect, but, you know, uh, you know, sure, right. You know, that kind yeah. of thing. Um, it's, I think it's really interesting that they, I, I guess it's more that I can see why it had such a big impact. Because it does feel very bold if you get what i mean yes yeah yeah Yeah. Um, do you know do you know off the top of your head when they did the remake of this it was the mid 2000s mid 2000s that that was one thing i thought about while watching this movie is like a why did they choose to remake this movie yeah how did they remake this movie in you know very much modern times Mm. yeah it's just it's it's a completely different context context in in society like i'm I'm very um rarely intrigued to see a reboot or something or a remake but i, ca- yeah. I kind of want to see the jude law one now just to see how they made that work in mm. in the modern world i mean it's entirely possible that they didn't yeah, <laughs> yeah. i mean yeah 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 um well uh, just having a quick look online the the jude lord version is is set in manhattan but he's still a cockney limo driver of course he okay. is. <laughs> um he's also a sex addict uh in the okay. remake version who regularly beds beautiful beautiful women on one-night stands. In addition to this, he maintains a casual relationship with a single mother named Julie, played by Marissa Tomei, that he refers to as his semi-regular quasi-sort of girlfriend thing. Uh, and he's also um, sleeping with uh, lots of married women oh, as well. Jude Law, you cad. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I don't know where that one goes. I don't know mm. if they try and replay it beat for beat. I don't mm. know if they try mm. and pick something shocking. That's for another episode of the podcast, uh, yes. I suppose. Yes, yes. Um, but it's, I think there's a really good case to watch this film and look at Alfie as a complete psychopath or sociopath. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, and it's, it goes beyond his, um, his, like, his treatment of all these women in his life, which is, is just like, it's just stomach quirmingly awful to watch yeah um you know we're sitting here we're trying our best to to, you know like behave and not be like this and then just to see this example emblazoned in 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 media of this this form of masculinity which does exist in the world Mm. is uh like like that's just like kept coming back to i was just sitting there going "Mm, no thank you and and for the time period as well what was it 60 66 66 so the amount of people that were watching that movie at the time that it came out who are either just kind of disgusted in his behavior like we were mm. or going, yeah, nice one, Alfie. Mm. Just crushing it. Just crushing life. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a little upsetting to think about. Mm. Um, but, but yeah, he's, he's just not a nice man. No. And I think the thing is, he's not only not nice to others, he's mm. not nice to himself. Like mm. he's so insecure and uh unsure about himself that even like an offhand comment from his mates about oh you know you're looking a little bit pudgy or whatever is enough to sabotage this relationship that he actually really likes and uh yeah it's um i don't it's toxic masculinity for want of a better phrase it's Mm -hmm. it's that um that that form of masculinity that just can't 
mm. make anyone happy. Like it's just so so yeah. sabotaging for everyone. Mm. What I do like about this is that it it shows that like he, yeah. he, he this doesn't end with him like being redeemed in any way. And whilst that might have been you know nice to see him learn from his lessons, I, I kind of like the fact that this film shows that he hits the low, but we don't know if he's gonna change his ways yeah. or not. Yeah. Um, because he he loses access to his kid because you've got the whole thing with Gilda and Humphrey in the first half of the film, which I thought was going to follow throughout the film in, in the similar like thinking with the writing brain. I thought mm. after he'd been off with a couple of these other, you know, birds and doing his thing, he was going to come back to Gilda and to try and see little Malcolm. No. No. No, no. He, <laughs> he, he happens to bump into the christening of Humphrey and Gilda's child that um, little Malcolm's at and sees Humphrey being like a proper dad, which is everything Gilda wanted for for Malcolm mm. um, and he sees that and he's just like oh well all right then. <laughs> I, I guess I've lost that then like he, he yeah. looks sad but you, he, he makes no attempt to to Do make the about connection it, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know this the stuff with with 35 year old Harry and his wife Lily um, and and the whole um, getting Lily pregnant and going through with the illegal abortion thing mm. was I found it really interesting and it was a direction i was not expecting the film to take yeah and I, that was that was the one thing i did remember about the film mm. uh when when i watched it the first time that mm. was the one thing that stuck with me so mm. um yeah i think it's um again it's it's a different sort of woman mm. and and um very much you know she's the conventional good married wife with mm. the three kids and then suddenly you know there's this sort of mm. dark underbelly and this dark undercurrent yeah. that um, I think a lot of the time in the 60s would have just been swept under the rug and not talked about. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's a very bold thing to be including it in this mm. movie. And I think it really does show that, that point that you were making before about the fact that Alfie is basically like a corrupting influence. Oh, yeah. Mm. He basically ruins everybody's life. You step into Alfie's world yeah. and you're going to have a bad time. Yeah. And like, he comes very close to learning a lesson several times yeah but then it just misses him mm. um but yeah you know like um obviously with gilda gilda loved him and but but loved him for who he wasn't loved him for this idea yeah i've like you know he was fun he is you know kind of a sexy guy you know he wears that schoolboy blazer or whatever it is he's wearing <laughs> you know he seems he seems all right and then they have the kid and she's maybe thinking that the kid will change him but it doesn't mm. and she gets out of there um when Humphrey offers her that path, even though she doesn't love Humphrey, she realizes that unlike the Beatles would have been singing at the time, love isn't all that you need. <laughs> She's been there going, that song's rubbish. Um, and then you have um, like the, the, the Northern girl um, from, from Sheffield, who's yes. uh, Annie, Annie, yes. um, who he um, takes in inverted quotes <laughs> from Frank. Uh, which leads to maybe the best scene in the film, which we'll get to in a moment. Oh, yeah. Um, but, <laughs> no, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, steals, in inverted uh, in quotation marks, uh, Annie. And she leaves when he breaks her trust, when she finds out that he read her diary mm. and says just some truly psychopathic things like, well, you can't go having secrets from me. If you wanted to have a secret, you shouldn't have written it down, should you? <laughs> you know, all this stuff when it's like, you shouldn't read someone's diary. It's not how this works, Alfie. It's, it's almost... And like... Alfie has no family. 
we never see yes, a brother. We true, never yeah. see yeah. parents. Mm. It's almost as though he was like summoned. He's like he's like <laughs> the collective evils of, of contemporary sixties yeah. mm. London just put into yeah. one ponce. Everything terrible about the sexual somewhere. revolution. Yeah. yeah, it's it's just. It's actually kind of cool in a way that makes me feel not happy. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, he, he, he does, um, his actions do come back to bite him. And I think we start to see that after um, his, his time in hospital. Uh, and the first time we, we see that, I think, is the bar fight. I think is yeah. when, you know, Frank, who was just some truck driver, was in it for like two minutes, turns back up and just wallops him in the face. And then we have a fantastic... Uh, London pub Barney. So unnecessary. Just like a proper bar brawl. Everyone's fighting everyone for yeah. no real reason. Yeah, there's the he, you know uh, Frank accidentally hits the giant man who then <laughs> no chair will take him down. Not, <laughs> I think he gets hit by I think I counted four chairs. Mm. Yeah, he's uh, he is absolutely fine after all of them, and he throws that guy so his head goes through the circle, and it it was fun. I do feel like the film <laughs> needed that because. The film was sort of fun in some ways, in little yeah. snippets. Yeah. But I think it was just nice to have that big sort of relief of, yeah. of a big bar fight, particularly because then after that, it's really sad for the rest of the film. Yeah, it's just like a nice little uh, comedic relief of, yeah. of tension at that point. Yeah. I uh, felt like the film was longer than it needed to be by about half an hour. Mm. Just, How long did it run for? I wasn't even really paying attention. Uh, it was just, just shy of two, two hours. hours. Huh, yeah. But it felt longer, longer. Mm. um and even though i was enjoying bits of it it, it felt too long I, mm. I would agree yeah i mean i'm generally not a fan of long films in general mm. um i mean it depends on the film but i like yeah. pacing to be fairly quick and this yeah. was one of those films i think that could have been tightened a lot i feel in the as, edit. i feel as though we lost a bit pacing wise when he was in hospital yes because him being in hospital for the shadows on his lung didn't end up being that serious um, yeah, it was a way for, to introduce him to Harry and then to get to meet Lily, which leads mm. to like the big denouement of the film. Can we talk about how that was the coolest hospital ever? What it's just a bunch of guys in pajamas just hanging around, a bunch around. of dudes hanging around in a garden. Then he just bangs all the nurses and just smokes a bunch, and then he was just better. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, as he says, "Gotta love the National Health Service, don't you?" Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, um, but I, I kind of felt like that bit was maybe a little bit long. Yeah, yeah. particularly because you know when he's. When he's and particularly when he's having that scene with in the doctor's office with the female doctor, which was yeah, surprising. that was uh, really surprising and yeah. pleasant. Yeah, and also the fact that she was in no way like sexually involved with him yes. was also very refreshing. <laughs> yeah, where it was like, no, I'm I'm a professional. I'm not charmed by this man who probably has a lot of STDs. <laughs> yeah, um, that would be a real shame. She's like, oh, cool, female doctor, and she's swooned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, I, and like you get you get that with the nurse anyway. Yeah. But I, I thought it was interesting that yeah they chose that that doctor was just like just being a doctor doing my professional thing. Mm-hmm. But but that that scene with the doctor where he keeps monologuing, mm. it's it's almost interminable. It, it is really long yeah. and it's it's much longer than it needs to be because it's mm. essentially telling you the same thing over and over and over yeah. again. It's like, yes, yes, you're, you're, you're sad that Malcolm's gone. Yes, okay, yeah, mm. okay. Shush now, shush. Yeah, although I did like his little freak out and faint. I thought that was... Um, I remember when we were talking about this film in class and the teacher raised a interesting point that's like, Alfie 
you know, he sets up this persona of being, you know, really brash and bold and tough. Mm. But anything physical freaks him out in the film, if you notice. He, mm. you know, he was terrified when that, um, uh, uh, when he was talking about that lady showing him the scar. And then, mm. you know, a woman comes to him and talks about his body and he freaks out and faints. And then, you know, um, he runs abortion. away in the bar fight as well. Yeah, runs away at the bar mm. fight. It's, it's um, like he's got, he's got <laughs> some sort of fear of anything mm. body related. And I think it's, it's, um, a real vulnerability that mm. he doesn't want to admit again tying into that that notion of masculinity that mm. you don't want to admit any vulnerability or, or open up to it and i think it perfectly encapsulates that mm. with with when he goes back after lily's had the abortion after she's been induced and he sees um what would have been their kid mm. and just breaks and that's it's, it's not just because it's a physical thing it's you know the emotional thing of like he is actually for the first time seeing a consequence of his action yeah mm. um and it it destroys him like he's he's not that same alfie for the rest of the film even though he's trying like he sees city again and she's not interested it's almost like the, the world is moving on yeah. from him and he doesn't know what to do but the funny thing is if you notice he referred to the the pregnancy as male mm. and it's like oh because it could potentially have been male that that suddenly piques your interest you know yeah. not any yeah, of right. the women that you've screwed over or anything like that but yeah the the potential male child that's that's what got you yeah and he already had obviously malcolm as a male child yeah. and he did i believed his bond with malcolm mm. and like i think that that sadness he has at seeing the christening of gilder and humphrey's child and not feeling able to go over and speak to them or see his son i mm. believe that yeah. i believe that there's a big regret there um unlike you know some of the other things that he says he regrets that i don't believe like specifically how he's treated certain women throughout the film yeah. and relationships um yeah i i think that maybe the 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 child that gets aborted that he and lily could have had even though socially that's just not going to be on and like that would you know destroy harry who he considers as a friend don't know if it's actually his friend um but but it, it the fact that it it breaks him and he's essentially just like that dog that we see at the start of the film and that he sees at the end of the film. I mm. called it Jazz Dog. Jazz Dog. <laughs> he's just wandering around, lost, devoid of purpose. He's he's a stray. He's a social stray. Mm. It's it's really interesting. But yeah, it's it. I'm, I think this might be a good film, but I'm, I'm but but also not. It's, it's it's a good film, but would I sit down and watch it again? Mm. No, no, I would not. Yeah, I don't know. Thought Shane? Uh, I mean, I'm still keen to see the 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 re re the remake work, the remake. Yeah. Now after seeing it, I don't want to watch it right in this moment. <laughs> yeah. In case it makes me feel bad again. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it it. it yeah, I agree. I think it, it was a good movie, especially mm. like for the time. Mm. And like, as like from an actor's point of view, like what a role to play. Mm. Um, I mean, all the roles are great. Yeah. Um, but as a character, like you get to the point where you realize at the end where you're like, okay, he's kind of, he's, he's at a, a low here, but you get the feeling if the most recent women in his life hadn't sort of learned their lesson and moved on from him, he would still be going about his ways mm. the yeah, same way. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I also just really enjoyed the the Cockney language, just <laughs> just in general. This yeah. film, this film. Re I mean, I wasn't around in London in, in in the 1960s, but part of me from from hearing from people who lived at that time and lived in those areas, this feels like it's a really good encapsulation of what life was like. 
I think this is a, a film that's very emblematic of the 60s. Like, if you yeah. want to get an idea of what the 60s was like in the UK, mm. this is the kind of film you would yeah. watch. Because it's not pretty. It's not no. glamorous. Um, yeah, he, you know, everything that he has that's pretty and glamorous is for show. Mm. It's it's when he's like the, the chauffeur for the, the Rolls yeah. Royce and, mm. and things like that. But, you know, his apartment is not nice, God. despite Annie's consistent scrubbing. Every like, used interior up so in this much film. Ajax. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, so, but like the streets around it, you know, seeing the kids playing in the street, the fact there were so few cars. Yeah. Um, even like the little products, um, things like that. It was just, I, I, I thought, well, I was just really enjoying that aspect of it where it really felt like they'd gone this this is a slice of life as we see it and are representing it really really well and the fact that it is 55 years and that you know a lot of the actors in this are dead and if they're not dead they probably not gonna be around for much longer as we mm. said michael kane's 87 mm. um his, his little mate um uh ned who he confesses everything to at the end mm. um who again another character that just is a really weird sort of uh, in and out appearance in the film. Sorry. So it's with like, oh, this is Alfie's best friend. Yeah, so uh, that we've and, never met until uh, now. Also, I've just realised his name's Nat, not Ned. Oh, <laughs> Nat. Nat. Yeah, okay. yeah. He's so rarely spoken about. But but um, yeah, like the, the actor that plays him is still around. Uh, Murray Melvin, who's eighty-eight. Like, mm. it. I think it's interesting looking at films from this time period and a little bit earlier as being things that represent the world at that time. Because mm. and they're sort of the first films that kind of did that when you look at obviously the films we have from the silent film era and the early like golden age of Hollywood stuff, they weren't trying to capture the world that they were in. No, it was more sort of classic adaptations yeah. or, or experimental stuff. Whereas a lot of those like British kitchen sink dramas sort of caught the reality but had really low production values. This yeah. had really great production values. Yeah. Like it's still is a good looking film. Mm, yeah. It's beautifully shot. Mm. Um, there's interesting things like when there's the mirrored bathroom roof oh, yeah, that, that um, was, uh... at Ruby's house when he's looking up into it and he's talking upside down. Like there's some really great cinematography. Yeah. Um, this film was nominated for several uh, Academy Awards, mm-hmm. uh, but it it did not win any. Uh, ah. okay. uh, it was nominated for Best Picture. Okay. Uh, Michael Caine got a nomination for Best Actor. It was his first nomination. Uh, Vivian Merchant, who played Lily, was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Um, and I mean, she was great. Uh, and it also got nominated for uh, Best Screenplay Based on Material from Another Medium mm-hmm. and Best Original Song um, for Burt Bacharach and Hal David for the um, What's It All About... Alfie, that Sunny and Cher one, are doing. Oh, well, I guess there were songs. Oh, was that Sunny and Cher singing? That was Sunny and Cher. Oh, there you go. Mm. Cool. It's it's the sixties, yeah. man. That's how this works. So, Sunny and Cher were in everything. Yeah. So what did win Best Picture in nineteen sixty six? Well, the Academy Award for nineteen sixty seven for Best Picture was given to A Man for All Seasons. Ah, oh, was I that Laurence Olivier? Or? I don't know uh, that movie. No, maybe it wasn't. Uh, it was uh, directed by Fred Zinnemann uh-huh. okay. and it starred uh, Paul Schofield Wendy Hiller and Leo McKern and Orson Welles ah, that's but, uh, yep. but no Olivier uh, also nominated that year along with Alfie are The Sand Pebbles Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf and The Russians Are Coming The Russians Are Coming <laughs> Which is uh, just, a, just a great name. I'm surprised Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf didn't win, to mm. be honest. But, uh, yeah, but okay. Best actor also went to um, someone from A Man for All Seasons. Uh, Paul Schofield won uh, okay. ahead of Michael Caine. So, so yeah. That, what a bloody outrage. Yeah. <laughs> and Sandy Dennis uh, got Best Supporting Actress for Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. So, he didn't sense. win any Oscars, but, um, you know, it was a 
British film made with, you know, British money with British people. Uh, but it, it wasn't very common that films from, from outside of America were even nominated for Academy Awards mm. in mm-hmm. this time period. So for it to get five nominations is... It's pretty good. Yeah, pretty impressive. Yeah, it, it holds up pretty well, except for all the toxic masculinity. <laughs> but but uh, that's kind of an interesting point. Because this film is essentially a big critique of that sort of very toxic masculinity. Does that make it... Does it make it acceptable that it's in this film, like, to the extent that it is? So, so like, Michael Caine's use as Alfie of referring to the women as birds or referring to them as it instead of she. Mm. Um, how, where, where do you feel it sits uh, for you, Carmen? I feel like it's made very deliberately and very over the top that Alfie is not supposed to be sympathetic. Mm. I think the problem is if you have people watching it thinking that he's meant to be sympathetic. It's Mm. kind of like, you know, when, um, uh, for want of a a modern example, like Rick and Morty, Mm. and you're not supposed to uh, like uh, Rick. Wait, you're not? You're oh, not. No. <laughs> Quick, we've got to return all this like, telling you know, me the Joker's not my real or, hero. Or like Tiger King and people mm. people siding with Tiger King, that kind of thing, yeah. where it's it's missing the whole point yeah. of the piece, basically. And I, I think that because of this film's age, I think that's a less likely thing, but I, mm. I guess it would depend on the message that you're coming away with. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's a tricky line to walk. Mm and not always done successfully. So I think, yes, it's it, it it's fine for me from that point of view, but it's tricky to say if I'm necessarily comfortable with it, if yeah. that makes sense. I mean, Shane, you you were just openly saying, oh no, multiple times I throughout really this film. I really did. Yeah. I really felt it. Yeah. I mean, the, the film's like, it's very much of its time and you... You couldn't make this movie and make Alfie like a lovable cad. That just kind of would just miss the point. Mm. Um, yeah, it's hard to watch him, but I mean, that's kind of the point of the mm. character is that he's not a good dude. Yeah. Mm. No, he and is. like he is, you know, he has a certain charm to him and there's points mm. parts of him that are likable, but he's not like a good, mm. he's not a good man. Mm. No, I do really like um, in terms of the spell breaking when Ruby tells him that she's with another guy and he's like, why? And she goes, well, he's younger than you. Yeah. And it, oh, it just breaks him and you're like, yeah. He's like, oh my like, God, I've been objectified. And yeah. Like, and the dude, yes. the dude that she's with looks like, I wrote down that he looks like Rocky from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. Like he does skinnier. a little bit. Yeah. I mean, he, he looks, looks like Gavin. He looks tanned. like Gavin from Rooster Teeth. Yeah. Me, that, which is hilarious. That's immediately where I went. Yeah. 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 The blonde hair, the big nose. Yeah. yeah. I was waiting for him to go, you what? <laughs> just in the background. Just smoking. Michael. Yeah. Um, would you guys like some trivia about Alfie? Hell yeah. Yeah. Okay. All of this trivia is sourced from IMDb. So if it's not true, don't blame me. The first bit of trivia. For her few scenes with Michael Caine, Shelley Winters couldn't understand his dialogue at all due to the strong Cockney accent. Uh, She had to wait for him to stop moving his lips before she would respond with (laughs) a laugh. That does not surprise me. Yeah. I mean, considering like when I was living in America, people thought I was from Manchester. Mm. Um, So that gives you an idea of of the American knowledge of accents. Yeah. Because I'm from Manchester. I know. And this is what we all sound like. (laughs) Um, Several well-known actors turned down uh, the title role in this film. 
partly due to the uh, taboo subject matter of abortion. Mm. Um, we'll, we'll mention a couple of these actors, and this is not necessarily about whether or not they would have been better than Michael Caine. It's more whether or not you think they could have done a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was Richard Harris. Oh. See, mm. I don't... I, I don't... can't imagine him young, though. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, Dumbledore? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I guess he was young. Yeah. yeah. He... He arguably maybe was a bit more like Alfie in real life than, oh, really? than yeah, maybe Michael so Caine was. maybe that so would have been a bit uh, much. Would have just been a documentary, potentially. Yeah. Um, uh, perhaps. He, he had a reputation for being a bit of a... A lad, I yeah, guess. Right. Yeah. Um, which, in fairness, I think a lot of the actors well, at that time. Sweet <laughs> wizard powers, you do what you got to do. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Newley was another one. Oh my god, I don't know him. Um, Doctor Doolittle. He wrote the music for oh, okay. um, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Right. Um, mm. I feel like he would have been so drunk he would have the just... entire time. <laughs> I mean, he was drunk in everything, let's be yeah. honest. But yeah, It would have been I'm a musical. To... It would have been a musical. And it would have probably had songs from Willy Wonka because that came after <laughs> this. It's been, oh, there's no earthly way of knowing which direction we're going. You know what I mean? <laughs> after every woman leaves him, the Oompa Loompas come out. Yeah. Try to teach him a lesson. Yeah. What did you learn from your behavior? You did not, so you couldn't save her. <laughs> <laughs> Slam. Yeah. Oh, I want to see that film now. Uh, another We've already act- done it, I'm afraid. <sighs> no, but I was in, I want to see Alfie, but done in the oh, style. Okay, of- <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, another actor who turned it down was uh, Terence Stamp. Oh, okay. Mm. But Terence Stamp had played Alfie on Broadway in the play. Oh. Right, okay. Um, he, Again, he's yeah. one of those actors that I just can't imagine young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he. He categorically declined to reprise the role on film, um, thus giving his good friend and then roommate Michael Caine a chance at the role. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. And this... I wonder why he turned it down, though. Because I know, like, mm. if I originated or, like, was known for playing a role on stage, mm. I'd mm. love to have a crack at being the one that, you know, that's set in stone on film. True, but I, I suppose it depends how long he played him for. Yeah, And true. he may have also just gone, I, I think this only works on stage yeah like yeah. maybe he's like there's too many there's yeah. too many talking too much talking to camera I'm yeah. not gonna... <laughs> give Kane a go yeah yeah oh yeah give, give little Kane a go oh yeah I'm Michael Kane stop s- stop saying that like people know who you are <laughs> it's Michael 1965 Kane. I'm young Michael Kane. <laughs> <laughs> um as Alfie enters the busy bee transport cafe the camera cuts away and on return a fresh advertisement has been placed on the background uh, sorry on the background windows Ooh. it is advertising a pop group at the time uh, relatively new on the scene the rolling stones ah. mm. uh, they were gigging around london at that time and they just put one of their posters up in there, there. i don't know if mick jagger turned up and put a poster it just ended up there mm. but yeah wow. a little bit of stones did they ever end up doing anything um rolling stones yeah um I think so. Hmm. Uh, I think Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. They oh, wrote the music yeah, for that. yeah, yeah, great. <laughs> Mick Jagger is an umpalumper. I, I could see that. <laughs> Tippi Hedren uh, was in London to film her scenes for a Charlie Chaplin movie. Apparently, fifty years later than than you would normally expect that to happen. Yeah. Uh, uh, so she was in London at the time for the premiere in uh, March 1966. She was sat next to the director Louis Gilbert and fainted during the abortion scene. Oh wow! She was. Tippy Edgen just tipped right over. She mm. just went bloop, and, and fainted. <laughs> and I suppose, again, abortion would not have been something that would have been seen on film. And it felt very grounded, very like mm. very grounded in like a, a, a certain reality, even though 
you know um you know that you had the guy from indiana jones there just being yeah. like well you know it's illegal where's the money and licks his fingers and grabs it um it's still like like the actual going through with it felt mm. was still very affecting it was, even it was pretty heavy i mean although i like you didn't you know you don't really see anything no happen no mm. but i think it's more it's more what's left to your imagination yeah, which yeah. sometimes can be mm. faint worthy yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, Jane Asher, who plays one of Michael Caine's many girlfriends in the film, uh, was in uh, actual life, real life at the time, uh, dating Paul McCartney. Oh, um, oh yeah, she did. Yeah. yeah. From the Rolling Stones. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, when Paul McCartney uh, went on set to visit her and saw her wearing a man's shirt showing a lot of leg, uh, he asked for the producers to give her a longer shirt. <laughs> and then he She's turned... my bird, right? Yeah. And then he turned to the camera. <laughs> She's my bird, right? It wouldn't. It wouldn't have worked with a semi scout accent, would it? <laughs> I love Jane Asher. Um, uh, when I did uh, Hedda Gabler years ago, I found a version of YouTube, on YouTube of um, her playing the role that I played in Hedda Gabler, mm-hmm. and I was just like, I could not stop watching this version. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my god, she's got so good, and what am I gonna do? And I want to impersonate her, and I can't impersonate her. And that was, um, yeah, she she was just amazing mm-hmm. in that, and I've I've really liked her ever since then. Mm-hmm. The final bit of trivia. Uh, Michael Caine recommended Vivian Merchant for the role of Lily, uh, having previously appeared in um, Merchant's then-husband's play The Rome uh, at the Royal Court. Her then-husband was Harold Pinter. Oh, wow. Mm. Oh, right. Uh, Lewis Gilbert, the director of this film, asked Merchant to screen test, and she refused. When Gilbert told Caine this, Caine said, quote, Sod the bloody screen test. Give her the part. Blow the bloody doors off. <laughs> End quote. Um, yeah. So it's kind of weird that like Terence Stamp is like, I'll oh, give it Kane. And then Kane is like, oh, Viv's a good girl. Give, yeah. give, give her a go. Give her a go. She won't do a screen test, Michael. What she doesn't need to, does she? <laughs> she got the Michael Kane stamp of approval. Yeah. You're not a big star yet. I'm young Michael Kane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... All that being said, it's time for us to score the film. Oh, okay. And this is where we um, we, we give the film a score out of 10. 10 being amazing, couldn't be better. Zero being awful, could have been better. Uh, that's that's the scoring system. Uh, we'll let Carmen go first, Shane, just mm-hmm. to show you how it's done. <laughs> okay, um, great. So, yeah. Uh, Carmen, what score would you give Alfie 1966 out of 10? Uh, so I'm going to give it six and a half pink bathtubs in a bathroom ceiling mirror out of 10 mm, yeah it, it it's it's pretty good it's it's fine mm. again it's not something i would watch probably ever again mm. but it's a very good cinematic film yes particularly for the time as i said mm. you know if you want a film that encapsulates london in the 60s this is probably it mm. um it's good it's probably something that is worth watching just not uh, a repeat viewer for me no um, probably not a you know light Saturday night in with the kids kind no, of thing. But, no, no, no. But but definitely worth a watch. Um, what about you, Shane? What would you give it out of ten? I am going to give it. I'm going to give it seven uh, bar chairs hit over a large man. Mm. Um, it like from a writing point of view, from an acting point of view, there was a lot of things I really enjoyed. The story, like, and the character made me feel bad. Mm. Um, so I guess that's good. Mm. Um, yeah, like I enjoyed it. I would recommend it to anyone that's you know wants to feel bad about their lives, but see what young Michael Caine was like. Mm. <laughs> it's the perfect encapsulation of those two feelings. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, I, really, I really liked it. I, I think 
yeah, see, I really liked it, but not in a, yeah, what a, what a great time. I think this is just such a really, it's, it's quite bold and it still mm. feels bold. Mm. And I'm surprised by that. I'm surprised that more than 50 years later, it still feels as, um, as, as compelling as, as it does. Because mm. a lot of films from that time period and later that attempt to be maybe bold or shocking or things like that don't retain that value because mm. we move on. And yeah, they come off a little bit little bit tame maybe but this is still pretty yeah pretty impactful yeah i mean this is impactful even though you know we don't see you know any any nudity we don't see anything even bordering on that you know there's there's one scene where we see michael in soft focus get off one of his girlfriends like just climb off her after what yeah. we presume is some lovemaking and then when they get out of the bed he's in pajama pants and she's got full pajamas on um you know there's there's nothing oh there's a bit where you saw the nurses uh, and then his shoe come yeah. Off. Yeah. Mm. Woo! A little bit saucy. But but th- th- that's the thing. It's it's very it, it it's very reserved in that sense. But what it's dealing with and the way it's the things which are openly spoken about or spoken around like at the beginning when they're talking about her missing her period and that means that she's pregnant and then later on when they're talking about things like abortion, I think it's it still works really well and mm. I was really surprised um by that. But it's hard to watch. It's really hard to watch yeah. because it is, um, it's it's pretty pretty grimy, pretty grubby. Mm. Um, my, 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 my Michael Caine's Alfie is is a bad dude, and I think maybe should be considered up there as, as one of cinema's greatest villains. Mm. Um, or antiheroes at the very least. No, yeah. I, I don't, see, I don't even think he qualifies yeah, as antihero. Yeah, he doesn't really redeem yeah. himself, I guess. Yeah. He's, he's just a protagonist. Yeah. That, that, that's the yeah. one thing that I think makes us go, but we need to... We wanted him to do better, I think, because he was the protagonist. Mm. Um, and it's just so rare that we see films that that have the villain as the protagonist in that way, in, yeah. in that way where they, they make no apologies for it. And he does get his comeuppance, mm. which is really important. And I think that's why that this film is going to get a, a slightly higher score for me than if it didn't. Um, mm. If he just carried on being Alfie and it was fine. I, I probably would have hated this film, to be honest. Uh, but they didn't. They stuck the landing. So uh, I will give it... Um, I'm going to give it six and a half... Um, six and a half minute monologues <laughs> uh, to the camera. Directly to camera, yeah. yeah. While the Doctor is auscultating your chest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. She, him talking that loud while she had yeah. the stethoscope was just... It was rude. I, I, I'm pleasantly, just before we close up, I am pleasantly, well, not really pleasantly, I am surprised how much our respiratory exams have not changed in 55 years. Mm. That was incredible to me that she was going through it in the same sequence that I was taught in medical school. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, okay. Do they still lungs, get you, lungs got a lung. Lungs yeah. got a lung. Did they still get you to get the patient to say 99? They do for certain things. Oh. And I have, it's not something that's commonly done. I mm. think it's uh, from memory, it's only really a clinical finding in very specific scenarios. Mm. And I should really know more about which scenarios they are, but it's not something that comes up very often. But for specific examinations, then yes. From a, from a medical point of view, would the sex and cigarettes have helped him... <laughs> Recover? No more than five cigarettes a day. Oh, yeah. That's true. (laughs) That's a joke. Please, please don't smoke. (laughs) No, no. You said it. It's in the podcast. Please don't smoke. That's how it goes. Yes. Uh, Yeah. A lot of smoke in this film. I'm really surprised nothing got set on fire. That was the other thing. He was dangerously close to those curves. All that polyester as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So that brings us to the end of our review of Alfie. Shane and Carmen, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Thanks for having me, man. Thank you for having us. And for those of you listening at home, thank you for listening in. 
Hey, 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 there's the internet. It's your friend. It's how you got this episode. And on the internet, you can do three things. You can do more, but they're not relevant to the podcast. <laughs> Thing number one, you can subscribe to this podcast. If you haven't already, if, if you've been going through, and every week for the last 205 weeks, you've been going, well, it's Wednesday morning, better get that podcast downloaded and clicking on well, there's an easier way. You're a fool. Yeah. Also. I didn't want to say it because they're very dedicated. <laughs> but yes, uh, foolish mortal, there is a better way. Uh, just subscribe. Just hit subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify. Um, Spotify is a great place for podcasts. I've been mm. doing that a little bit lately and really enjoying it. Um, so you can enjoy it too. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club on any of those services. Hey, you can also search for... Good morning, Mrs. Strawberry. It's true. Mm. Uh, and it is well worth a listen. Um, we, we can also be found on Facebook. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club there. Uh, there's a page. There's all sorts of fun little bonus features here and there. Have a look. See what you like and enjoy. And, of course, there is our Patreon. Just go to patreon.com forward slash podcast For as little as a dollar a month, you can get lots of extra bonus goodies you know, things we cut out of the episode, times when Shane admitted that he weed his pants. No, don't give them that to the Patreons. <laughs> well, that's just it. If you want to hear that that, that riveting story, uh, then just go to <laughs> patreon.com forward slash CCUC podcast. Disclaimer, there is no story about Shane wetting his pants. Or is there? Oh, you'll have to find out. Disclaimer, there is not. Um, but that is all for this week. So until next time, I'll finish the podcast and I thought, well... Maybe I should go and see that bird who was looking a bit lonely down the street. But then I realised that that was actually problematic behaviour and I decided I should probably learn from these methods and maybe actually try and develop as a human being. You know, it turns out these women aren't birds, they're actually human beings as well. You know what I mean? Know what I mean? Know what I mean? You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.